What's up guys? Thank you for tuning in. If you meant to listen to Pardon My Take or any of The Ringer's 27,000 shows, you have listened to the wrong podcast, so I'm really sorry to break it to you, but this is Reasonably Outrageous. I'm Matt Wyrick, along with Blake Pace, and we are here on the eve of draft day. Uh, Hopefully we get some trades in. We've already had one. Uh, The Seahawks making a big move with the Chiefs. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but Blake, how you doing? I'm good. This is this is my favorite week of the year. I know a lot of people love the the time of that you've got the national or the college basketball championship and the Masters. There's a lot of very important weeks, but I love draft week. I, I love the NFL draft. I love college football and seeing some of the top names and kind of how they fall out. I know we're both interested in the fact that maybe a James Madison player gets drafted. Jimmy sure. Moreland might be the first since I believe. Oh, what was his name taken a few years back? I'm going to blank on it. Uh, I mean, all I know is Charles Haley. So. Right, well, Charles It's definitely Haley. been since it's then. It's been but, since yeah. then. Um, I can't remember his name specifically, but uh, Jimmy Moreland might be a, a late second day, early third day. I've seen him kind of spread out to the end of round three to five or six, but... You know, so that'll be exciting in itself, and then yeah, I've just I've loved the draft for the last three years, and it's pretty fun. There are a lot of uh, intriguing teams and a lot of intriguing options. I know we had a pretty heavy debate on uh, quarterbacks last episode, so make sure to listen to that in all our previous episodes if you haven't already. But yeah, draft week. It's yeah. time to get going. It's interesting. We're talking about the NFL draft, and we're not really discussing what the Browns are going to do because that seems to yeah. have been the trend yeah, exactly. over the past few years. They've always been in control of how the draft's going to go. But this year, Browns find themselves mid-first-round picks. Unfamiliar territory for them, but they're looking pretty good going into next year. Well, they don't even have it anymore because they've got Odell Beckham Jr. That's right. So it doesn't even matter. So we won't even talk about them once except for now. But, hey, I'd rather have Odell Beckham Jr. than the 17th overall pick. So I'm not going to complain about that. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump into a mock here. Uh, We're going to go... Uh, each make or pick for the team and, and talk about it. We're going to be on the clock here to make sure we're not wasting all yes. of your time. <laughs> Minute per pick. Uh, we'll go back and forth a little bit. Um, but we already talked about the number one pick. We're going to go ahead and just rehash a couple of the main points here. Who are you taking number one overall with the Cardinals? Number one overall, I'm taking Kyler Murray, quarterback out of Oklahoma. I think he is uh, clearing away the best quarterback in this class. I think that he is separated from the you know the the Drew Locks, the Dwayne Haskins, and stuff like that. And I think he's the best fit for this upcoming offense that you're going to see the air raid offense in with Cliff Kingsbury. He's the most talented two way quarterback uh, that I've seen since Michael Vick. Potentially even better. I know there have been rumors lately, but I don't buy into the smoke screens. I think that might be contrary reports coming out from New York, maybe the Jets, who are trying to get someone like Oakland to trade up. All right. I'm going to have to disagree with you. Nick Bosa, the top overall ranked player in this draft. I know the Cardinals have talked about bringing in a quarterback, but they already made their investment in Josh Rosen last year. I think they have to go a different direction here. And Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa is the clear-cut number one player here out of Ohio State a can't-miss edge rusher, somebody who's going to make an impact in year one. I just see the Cardinals as really needing to bolster the rest of their, their especially their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense obviously finished 32nd overall last year, not where they wanted to be, but Rosen, we could still see something in year two, and I think they're going to go with that. All right, number two on the clock, 
the San Francisco 49ers, and they are going to take Nick Bosa. Now, I would like to say that the four, that Nick Bosa isn't my top-rated player, and he's not a lot of people's top players that I've seen recently. Um, so I need to say that he is the best edge rusher in this class. He's not my top prospect. Like my I said, top prospect. That's your top prospect. Quinnen Williams takes the cake for me. He'll be taken a little bit later. But I think the 49ers really need a guy on the outside of their defensive line. You know, Solomon Thomas hasn't really paid out. They moved DeForest Buckner in. And when you've got a front four of Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, and D. Ford, the 49ers will enter 2019 with one of the best young uh, defensive lines in the NFL. Josh Allen, linebacker out of Kentucky, built at 6'5", 262 pounds, with Bosa off the board. They're going, you know, the, the Raiders defense had some pieces. They didn't do too poorly last year. I wasn't super was worried about them as I was the offensive side of the ball, but this is a good centerpiece for that John Gruden-led defense where I feel like 49ers or Raiders? You've got me all confused. <laughs> I'm looking at the 49ers. Sorry. Sorry, the Raiders. 49ers picking Josh Allen because gotcha. they don't get Nick Bosa. Okay. A defense I also kind of liked last year. I mean, obviously Kyle Shanahan is the story of that team where he kind of has that offense, but the defense has been historically very good in San Francisco, and I think for them to get back to prominence, they're going to want to invest the defensive side of the ball. We go to the Jets. Yeah, well, real quick, I agree with you saying that, that the 49ers do need to address the outside, and if Bosa is gone, Allen seems to be the right fit. Uh, number three, the New York Jets. They are going to take Josh Allen, edge out of Kentucky. I don't. I think he's one of the more overrated players in this top eight. Um, unfortunately, I think that the Jets don't really know what they're doing in the NFL draft. I, I, they haven't really done much that I love, but they do need to find someone on the outside after missing out on Anthony Barr once he decided to go back to Minnesota. Um, I don't like the pick, but they've been tied him since the beginning of the offseason, so I have to put trust into the most consistent thing I've heard. They take Josh Allen. I'm going to have to go with the defensive tackle that everybody seems to be lining them up with, Quinnen Williams, your top overall player, a sophomore, 303 pounds, coming out of Alabama. I think, you know, he's been such an impact player. The Jets have had a historically good defensive line, something that they've always been able to build off of. They made it to an AFC Championship game with one of the better defensive fronts just a few years ago, and I think they want to get back to that. I'm going with Quinnen Williams. Number four, we have the Raiders. Not the 49ers. Yes. Who are the Raiders picking? This is where Quinnen Williams goes into your defensive lineman from Alabama. Uh, he's the best player in this draft, and he falls right into the laps in number four. Um, he, he's got the best college film from an interior defensive lineman that I've ever evaluated that goes back a few years. And then from people that I also trust say that his film is even better than what they've seen from Aaron Donald back in his day. I think Quinnen Williams will step into that interior. They did bring back Jonathan Hankins, so I, I still think Williams is the answer there. And... I would love for him to go to the Jets. I just really don't trust the Jets to make the right decision. Quinnen Williams, four to the Oakland Raiders. All right, I'm going to have to go with DK Metcalf, the wide receiver. Listen, the Raiders have had some issues on the offensive side of the ball. Derek Carr did not perform as well as expected. John Gruden is locked into a 10-year deal. They need some offensive excitement. And Metcalf is exactly what that's going to bring. The top-rated wide receiver, this is not an offensive-heavy draft, but the Raiders need to go with this here because... They have struggled for so long, had such a disappointing trend. Even when they do make it to the playoffs, they're one and done. They're not a team that has been able to compete. Gruden is on the hot seat already. I think he needs to go bold, and Metcalf's going to be the choice. I love that. I think the combination of him and uh, and DK and him and Antonio Brown would be terrific. I'm also going to add some some offensive sparks with their two later picks in the first round, but. 
Listen, I, I don't see him going top four specifically just because I, I think the wide receivers like of recent, Corey Davis, John Ross, have scared away from going high on, but I would love to see John Gruden and DK Metcalf work together. All right, number five lined up here is the Buccaneers, disappointing team out of the NFC South. Who do you have? I wanted to put Ed Oliver here, but I can't see the Bucks going on the interior D-line after taking Vitavea at pick number 12 last year. They lost Quan Alexander in free agency, so I'm going to give them Devin White, linebacker out of LSU, my, my top-rated linebacker in this class. I, I was a little hesitant. Recent reports say they're looking to move on from Gerald McCoy, which would then say maybe they go Ed Oliver. But the drop-off at linebacker beyond White and Devin Bush is way too much to pass up on Devin White. I think he fits in right at the middle of their defense and starts day one. Oddly enough, this is the first time we're agreeing on a pick. Finally, like five it. picks in. I agree. White's a little bit on the raw side of prospects. Certainly, yes. he's going to need uh, to build up uh, you know some of that instincts. But his sideline to sideline speed, one of the best that we've seen uh, coming out of the draft. He, you know, impact player right in the middle of that defense. A defense in a very tough division. We are going to have a lot of players who are going dink and dunk. Mm-hmm. The, Cam, uh, Cam Newton definitely trended in that direction over the second half of the season. Now we had his injury, and we're not sure if he can, right. you know, where he's going to come back from. But odds are, when he returns from that injury, he's not going to be airing it out. Drew Brees has already been on that decline. So this is the linebacker position, very important in the NFC South, and I certainly see the Buccaneers going there. Number six is the New York Giants. Are you going Dwayne Haskins? I am. I don't buy the smoke screens just as I don't with, uh, with the uh, Cardinals and Kyler Murray. I, I didn't have him going here at first. I did think that you know he would slide a little bit. Uh, the Giants have secretly done the most work on Haskins throughout the entire college football year, I think since the beginning of the college football season, and they'll bring the Jersey native back home with this selection. He's raw and and takes time. He's not in my top two quarterbacks. We I told you on the last episode I've got him in that three to four range, but he has time to sit behind Eli because they've been so committed to him. I think Dwayne Haskins is the pick. I'm going to have to go with... Rashawn Gary, the defensive lineman out of Michigan. Uh, you know, I, I I believe that neither the Cardinals nor the Giants are going to be selecting a quarterback. This just isn't the draft to be going all in on a QB. Haskins is a bit of a reach, I think, that high up with a pick. Okay. Gary seems much more uh, safe to me. 277 pounds, not super big for a defensive lineman, but he has those natural talent that you see, great footwork, really comes after the quarterback. I think that's an excellent pick there for the Giants. Coming in now, number seven is the Jaguars. Who do you got? TJ Hawkinson, my top tight end out of Iowa. Uh, I was really torn on this because I I think of Tom Coughlin. I think he wants to go offensive line, and I could have seen Jawan Taylor out of Florida. But they did make some additions to their offensive line. And if you think about his philosophy as well, tight end makes a lot of sense. You know, you, you... Sorry, <clears throat> excuse myself. You, you get Nick Foles, you get him a prime tight end talent. He'll be a great blocker for the strong run offense that they have with Leonard Fournette, and they'll create more opportunities for the young wideouts to make some more moves on the outside of the field. TJ Hawkinson to the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars. It's a slam dunk pick in my mind. I absolutely agree. I mean, this is an offense that has struggled historically. Uh, we've seen time and time again. Obviously, they bring in a new quarterback, but we've seen the kind of impact. Nick Foles can have with a good tight end in Zach Ertz and made Dallas Godaire look pretty good last year too in spurts. So, you know, T. Hawkinson, one of the, obviously the best tight end. It's an easy pick for me, Hawkinson to the Jags. Now with the Lions at number eight. I don't think they make this pick. I think they do end up trading down, but since we're not doing trades, I'm going to give a Montez Sweat edge out of Mississippi States. There have been some real late concerns over his health. He's got a heart condition and then some character that has kind of muddied up his draft stock. But this can be the Chandler Jones prototype for Matt Patricia in Detroit. I thought they could go offensive line, but Patricia did that last year with his first-round pick, and I think he'll want to go on the opposite front this year. 
Don't rule the trade back, like I said, but if they are picking here, Montez Sweat, to me, is is the best edge fit for his defense. I'm going to go with a bit of a different pick here. Ed Oliver, defensive tackle out of Houston. Started the season, we were talking him as a potential number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. He didn't have necessarily the season we were hoping for, uh, but he still has that great build, great size. A uh, little bit undersized, but quick on the feet, like I said, really fast. I think this is a deep position group already for the Lions. This is not necessarily something they might need to invest in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it gives them a lot of opportunities to mix and match their defense, uh, use different sets that they're typically not used to using because I don't think they're secondary. I'm not bought in uh, to some of those guys way back on the field. Oh, yeah. This gives them, uh, a, you know, they weren't able to address all those needs in free agency. This kind of gives them that insurance uh, where they don't need to be as good in the secondary. So I'm going with Oliver. Uh, for the Lions. Now we have the Bills at number nine. Who are you taking? I almost went DK Metcalf because I love the idea of pairing him with Josh Allen, you know, the deep threat connection, but I did go with your guy that you just took, Ed Oliver. Uh, This has been recent buzz. He might sneak into the top five, but I think he does fall back into this range. He's a perfect fit for Sean McDermott as the three technique deep tackle in this 4-3 scheme. They lost Kyle Williams to retirement, and and Oliver just seems like a guy that would fit, and it's in a city like Detroit or Buffalo, um, a lot of people have been saying offensive line, but the Bills made a lot of signings across the line at free agency. I know they're not great guys necessarily. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did go there, wide receiver, but I think if Ed Oliver is available at nine, the Bills got to take him. I think they're going to go offensive line. I know that, yeah. like you said, they addressed a lot of needs there in free agency, but nobody really stands out. No. Juwan Taylor is the number one offensive lineman in this ta- uh, draft class, a tackle. Coming out of Florida, I'm really impressed with his speed as well. He's a good pass blocker, good run blocker, uh, and I think he's exactly who the Bills need to build off of. With a young quarterback, they need a, at least one guy to anchor that offensive line because if you have a bunch of mediocre guys, it's really easy for one injury to derail the whole season. You need that guy in the middle. I'm going to go with Juwan Taylor. Finally, we get to the double digits now, the Broncos. Who are you going with? This is where my third quarterback comes off the board. Drew Locke, quarterback out of Missouri. I know they traded for Joe Flacco, but I think that might be the most boneheaded decision from this past offseason. He's wow. probably one of the worst fits in Rich uh, Scangarello's offense. He comes from the Kyle Shanahan offense. It makes zero sense. Drew Locke has been connected to Denver since the Senior Bowl. He's the prototype quarterback that John Elway loves. I know they've drafted a lot of quarterbacks, but they've been picking in the 20s. Now they're at 10. Uh, they could take the guy that I think they love. He's my number two quarterback, a good fit for the team that already has a strong fit. The only other pick here that I could see if they don't go lock is Devin Bush, linebacker out of Michigan. I'm going to go with the top quarterback on the board, Kyler Murray. Oh, wow. You took him at number one. I have him here down at number 10, only because there's just no team that really needs a quarterback that badly in the first nine picks other than Arizona, debatably. Right. Um, yeah. and, 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 of course, the Giants. But, you know, my, my pick here, Murray, he's generational talent, will be the first player ever to be selected in both the first round of the MLB draft and first round of the NFL draft. An amazing feat of, yeah, I know. I, I couldn't believe that's never happened, honestly. Right. Um, but, you know, he's not necessarily a typical quarterback. Like you said, Locke kind of fits that build a little bit better. But Murray's ceiling is just so much higher. And after we've seen what the guys who play like Russell Wilson, who, you know, will run but will be smart about it, I think Murray fits that build. Baker Mayfield. Exactly. Yeah. Out of just last year's draft. I see them really liking Murray, and they're going to go with him. Number 11 at the Bengals. Yeah, this is where I have Devin Bush, linebacker out of Michigan, going. The only other pick I would see if Drew Locke was still available, I think you would give Zach Taylor a guy to you know really push the move on from Andy Dalton. 
but after moving on from Vontez Perfect this offseason, they'll bring in a guy that'll man the middle of the defense and provide Cincinnati an immediate impact player. Uh, this defense lacks speed, and you're only as fast as your linebackers are. Devin Bush, freak athlete. I think he'd be a great fit to start day one in Cincinnati. I'm going with Bush as well. Nice. Um, you know, this is a moving on from um, names escaping me. Vontez Perfect. Vontez Perfect. Right. Um, you know, they're going to need a guy in that middle of the of the defense who's really going to anchor it, like you said. I like Bush. Really was a standout at Michigan. One of the uh, stars of a very good defense. One that we saw play much better early on than we did see down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did have some injuries that kind of derailed them there. Uh, Bush, however, was kind of a staple even when the players around him weren't necessarily there. I'm going with Bush. Yeah, awesome. Number 12, the Green Bay Packers, the first of their two picks in this draft class. This is where I have DK Metcalf going, and it's giving me chills if you look at my arm, Matt, pairing Aaron <laughs> Rodgers with DK Metcalf. I think if you give uh, if you give Devontae Adams the freedom to work the middle of the field, DK Metcalf's that guy that'll just take the top of the defense off. He'll give Jimmy Graham, like I said, Devontae Adams more freedom. Aaron Rodgers, I don't get why it's been such a crime to provide him with talent. It seems like every time they draft, they go defense and they go maybe offensive line, but they need to give Aaron Rodgers weapons. I think with this new offensive coordinator in there as, as their head coach, they'll have the opportunity to do so. I love Metcalf in Green Bay. Not going to lie, that would be a pretty sexy oh, lineup I'd right there. It. Unfortunately, he's not available on my board, right. and I think they're going to go defense Cleland Farrell uh, because they just haven't gotten the production that they're used to getting out of Clay Matthews. He's really fallen off in recent years, and I think that edge rusher, that guy who can just be a menace uh, on the defensive side is something that they've really lacked over the past few years with that decline. I think they're going to address that here, give give him a chance to still learn under Clay Matthews. Or no, Matthews is gone, right? Yes, Matthews, Matthews is, is gone. gone in Los Angeles. Now they really need to replace yes. him. Uh, and I think Farrell's the guy coming out of Clemson, one of the better defenses. Mm-hmm. I really like the pick. Yeah, yeah. He, they, they brought in a couple mid-tier guys uh, on the defensive line, but I agree Clown Farrell is a, is a great talent. Uh, and it, you also have to consider what they're going to pair pick number 30 with. It's mm-hmm. Who do they think is going to be more available at 12, at 30? What positions do they try to address based on the, the separation of talent from that guy to the next? Uh, on to number 13, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, a team that I think will be tanking in 2019. I believe that uh, Miami is really just kind of sucking it up for 2020. They seem to be all in on Tua, Tavaili Yoga. I can't say his name right. I'll work on it. <laughs> just I call get, him Tua. I've got a year to work on it. It's like Giannis. It. Exactly. You know, just exactly. Giannis. <laughs> and so I think that they're going to go with offensive tackle Jonah Williams out of Alabama. This one took a little bit of digging for me. We talk about Bill Belichick disciples, and Brian Flores is really the first guy that started as a low-end assistant, worked all his way up to a head coach. If you look at uh, Bill Belichick's first draft, he went O-line heavy. Matt Patricia's first draft last year, he also went O-line heavy. Flores has a chance to grab arguably the top offensive lineman. Probably him and Juwan Taylor are one and two. Uh, And a guy that can play all across the line, he could immediately step in at right tackle and will provide protection for the future quarterback that will be taken in 2020. I think they are going to go quarterback here with Dwayne Haskins because he's still available at this point. Right. Um, you know, if if perhaps Haskins and Murray are both taken before the Dolphins get their selection, I could see them going another direction, like you said. But with Haskins still on the board, that's just too much to pass up on. Haskins, uh, a dynamic threat, something that they kind of hoped out of Tannehill coming in. I mean, I know he was more of a pocket passer. Uh, mm-hmm. Haskins can certainly do much more with his legs than uh, Tannehill ever hoped to. But Haskins... 
Great arm, great fit in the system. I think you know they're bringing in a new coaching staff. They're getting a fresh start, bringing that quarterback to really just give you a whole new look in Miami. Go with Dwayne Haskins. And I like with him. With Haskins is a guy that you're projecting. He he de- improved with every game in his season as a mm-hmm. starter for Ohio State. Miami's not expecting to win next year, so you have time for him to gradually grow if you do select him there. Of course, he wasn't there on my board, but you would have to consider him if he was available at thir- at thirteen. I don't disagree with that. Uh, pick number fourteen. The Atlanta Falcons, um, you know, they were one of the more injured teams last season. Injuries to all their stars, offense, defense. You assume that they'll be back as one of the top teams in the NFC next year. Uh, I am going to get Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle out of Clemson. I think pairing him with Grady Jarrett on the inside of that defensive line will be uh, a, a lethal threat through the middle. And it also provides a guy to take Grady Jarrett's spot if they can't work on a long-term extension because he's currently on the franchise tag. Wilson was a part of the, you know, like we said, the lethal Clemson front line. Great studs all across the board. I expect probably three or four of them taken in the first round. He was well-coached, versatile to fit in Dan Quinn's defense, uh, and (coughs) who will now be play-calling in 2019. I'm going to agree with you. Go with Wilson as well. Um, You know, Pass rush is so important in this NFC South division with great quarterbacks all the way across the board, minus the Buccaneers. Uh, you know, and what I like about Wilkins is, you know, this was a, a defensive line that had a, a bit of a tumultuous year where we saw there was a lot of people talking about all four of them going in the top ten. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, the, at one time, and then we saw you know Dexter Lawrence in suspension. Uh, you know, some players not really playing up to their their par. But Wilkins seemed to me to be the one guy who was consistent all year. He wasn't necessarily projected to be the top guy right. uh, among the four, but he's the one who remained the most steady in mocks throughout the year. Uh, you know, I think the Falcons would be making a great pick there uh, with Wilkins. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and and kind of getting to that midway point, we've got the Washington Redskins at pick number fifteen. I have them going uh, Daniel Jones, quarterback out of Duke. And yes, that is my sixth-ranked quarterback. I'm going by what I think will happen. And all the news we've been hearing for the last month is that four quarterbacks will go in the top 15. Now, do I agree with that? No. I think Daniel Jones is a career backup guy. Uh, but if, if, uh, if I'm hearing it from everywhere I go to check on kind of my evaluations throughout the draft, then I have to believe it. Um, I also believe that, you know, I would have gone with a guy like Ryan Finley, but the rumor is out that teams just fall in love with the person that Daniel Jones is, and he seems to be the guy that's going to be a first-round pick behind Locke, Haskins, and Murray. Um, Whether he's here or with another team in the top half, you hope that the character traits can be matched with the development of his eyes and awareness. That's where I don't trust him as a quarterback. Um, Like I said, I think he's a career backup, but I guess I don't have to agree with what NFL scouts think. You definitely don't. And Drew Locke is my guy. I'm going go. quarterback as well. Um, I think we seem to be lined up on at least all the teams that are going quarterback right. late. Um, but, you know, the Skins, obviously, their quarterback situation is a complete mess. We don't know when Alex Smith is ever going to be back. Colt McCoy is not the guy. Um, Case, Case Keenum certainly not the guy. Um, you know, but I don't think that the Redskins expect to compete next year. Uh, you know, they've already... They're, they're in a uh, division where the Giants can do anything. The Cowboys and Eagles both made the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, okay, I won't say the Giants will do anything, but they have, <laughs> they've made that, had an interesting offseason where it at least suggests that they still expect to remain competitive despite trading OBJ, so right. we'll see kind of what they do. But the Redskins, I can't imagine they think that they're going to be doing 
very much this year uh, in a very tough NFC East division. Give Drew Locke a chance. He's going to be a raw talent, but can throw oh, yeah. deeper than any quarterback in this draft. Great I mean, arm. he has a great arm. Um, I would not be surprised to see him take a year to kind of learn under the Case Keenum slash Colt McCoy wing. And if neither of them work out, I'm sure there'll be chance uh, at FedEx yes. Field for Locke eventually. Yeah, empty chance, though, too, because they have problems filling that stadium, yeah, of course. Well, of course. <laughs> Uh, moving on, we do have the Panthers, a very disappointing team uh, from the NFC South this year. Who do you have going? Uh, we're getting into the range where there are going to be a few teams where I just go protect your damn quarterback. And Cam Newton, like we said, ha- was hit a lot last year. Uh, you know, We're not sure if he's going to be playing next year. I have them taking Jawan Taylor, tackle out of Florida. He's fallen a little bit for me. And that's kind of just the way it goes. It went out. I almost had him to Jacksonville at 7, went with Hawkson- Hawkinson instead. Still on the board at 16, Carolina can't pass him up. With the intricate run offense that McCaffrey has and Newton's two-way ability when he's back, protecting those two stars is crucial. I think it's time now to make sure that you invest in your offensive line. You also think they lost left guard Andrew Norwell two off-seasons ago to Jacksonville. Uh, protect your franchise quarterback at all costs. Juwan Taylor is the best tackle available. I was tempted to go Andre Dillard here. He has the size. Uh, but I'm going to go Jonah Williams out of Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's the better tackle, uh, right. but also has shown some ability to move to other spots. Yes. Over his four years, he's played mm-hmm. a little bit of guard, too, uh, and played very well there. Uh, so I think, overall, he could be more of that hybrid uh, guy that they need. The, the Panthers have had injuries on the offensive line the last mm-hmm. few years. They haven't had a whole lot of stability in that department. Cam Newton is one of the most hit quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. If you can have a guy who can be versatile, fill multiple spots when needed, that's exactly what they need, so I'm going to go with Jonah Williams. Yes, so now we're at pick number 17, the New York Giants' second pick in the first round. I believe I went Dwayne Haskins and you went with Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. I'm going to give them an edge rusher at this point. Brian Burns out of Florida State. He's fallen a little bit for me, too. When I originally thought things out, I had him in that 10 to 14 range. I like the fit with the Dolphins as well. But the Giants are switching to a 3-4 defense. They traded away Olivier Vernon because he wasn't a scheme fit, and Burns is a natural fit to play on the outside of a 3-4 scheme. He doesn't really have the size yet to play in a 4-3. Um, like I said, I almost had Miami to the number 13, but the Giants get one of the top five pass rushers in this class with their second first-round pick. The only other note, recent rumors have been reporting it could be Dexter Lawrence here to pair on their inside. I don't get that because they invested heavily on their interior D-line, but um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised because the Giants have done a lot of work with him. Because I had the Giants selecting Rashawn Gary... In the first six picks, I'm going to have to go with Andre Dillard here. Okay. You know, they go on the defensive side of the ball. They need to down, boost up that offense. If they really think that Eli Manning can be the guy, they're going to need to keep him upright. Right. And if they're not investing in a quarterback here. So Andre Dillard is the guy, an outstanding tackle out of Washington State. Uh, one of the more raw players uh, that we are seeing, certainly, uh, in his pass blocking. I haven't been super impressed with compared to his run blocking, where he's much better at climbing up the middle. Um, so I, I think he's definitely going to need some grooming. But that Giants offensive line... Historically, has been very good. Uh, they have some great coaches there who are, are very good at coaching uh, up guards and tackles. So I really like Dillard here for the Giants. Yeah, and that's a great fit because if you if you really, I, I would love for the Giants to wait until next year's draft class. Now I don't believe they will, but if you can get a top guy on both sides of the trenches, that's just going to be better for next year when hopefully they move on from Eli Manning. Now on to pick number eighteen, the Minnesota Vikings. This to me was one a no brainer that I went to. Um, the Vikings have had one of the worst offensive lines over the last few years. I'm taking Cody Ford, uh, guard out of Oklahoma. He's a versatile guy that can play multiple positions. 
And this has been one of the more consistent connections in this draft process. He can play right guard or right tackle for Minnesota, start at either position right now, uh, and the Vikings could use him at either spot. He's a physical run blocker. Um, and you heard after last year they fired their uh, their offensive coordinator because they wanted to be more committed to the run game with Dalvin Cook. Cody Ford's strong in the run. It makes too much sense for me. I've got him going to the Vikings. I'm going to go with Montez Sweat, a player you already had selected a yep. little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of surprising that he was able to fall down to 18, and the Vikings are certainly getting a steal here, I believe. Right. Um, but this is a, a team that brought back Anthony Barr, already has a great uh, defense already set up, and to bring in Montez Sweat into that group already, it just reinforces a team that I think you know had some hiccups on the offensive side of the ball, but really has a lot of pieces that you are feel pretty confident can yeah. bounce back next year. I don't think this is an overreact situation mm-hmm. where you need to overhaul anybody on the offensive side. You know, you have a great wide receiving core. Definitely. Dalvin Cook can anchor the running game, uh, and, and you have, of course have Kirk Cousins at the quarterback position who. You know, we talked about this before, but has that narrative that he can't compete in big games, but still puts up pretty good numbers, and you'd like to think that overall yeah, that stuff can even out. So I'm going to go with Sweat for the Vikings at number 18. Yeah. Now, moving on to number 19, we have the Titans, the team we've talked about a little bit recently. Who are we going with? I'm, I'm so upset because I wanted this guy to fall to Indianapolis at 26, my inner Colts fan crying out. But I'm going to take Jeffrey Simmons, interior defensive lineman from Mississippi State. This guy was a top 5, top 10 prospect before tearing his ACL while training uh, this offseason. Um, he falls into the laps of Mike Vrabel and the Titans. They're not desperate on the inside, but they are old. Hinting that a large role for Simmons will be ready when he's healthy by the end of the regular season, or even if 2020, if he has to miss all of next year. This is a top guy. I know Mike Vrabel really loves a strong defense to win games. Of course, the former linebacker himself. I think this is a great fit for Tennessee, and uh, you know they'll they'll they're building a really young defensive line that I kind of like. The Titans have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, but the guard position really struggled yes. last year, particularly Josh Klein. So I'm going to go with Jonah Williams, uh, a player who has played guard, has played a little bit of tackle, but mostly profiles as an interior defensive li- uh, offensive lineman. Uh, and I've liked what I've seen out of him. And I think that the Titans, you know, if they're going to go with Mariota, keep keep. Investing in that offensive line, keep him healthy. Uh, moving forward, you know, they're in a good spot. Did you have Jonah Williams going a couple picks earlier? I feel like... I definitely did pick him for the Panthers. Yep, I put him twice. So, I think they are going to go offensive line. Can't okay. tell you who they're yes. going to pick because that's in my notes wrong. Um, but I do think that the Titans need to go O-line. Not sure exactly who I have there uh, instead, but I'll have to make that pick and I'll update it on Twitter later. I agree. Guard is a huge position. The guy I almost put there, Garrett Bradbury, I would say, uh, out of NC State, is probably the, one of the top interior guys. I have him falling a little bit lower, but he was the guy that I almost put there because I was being too selfish and I wanted Simmons <laughs> to fall to the Colts, but I ended up trying to get rid of my, my indie bias. Uh, but now we're on to pick 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, of course, they have lost Le'Veon Bell. They've lost Antonio Brown. They're reportedly working on an extension with Ben Roethlisberger. That report came out uh, earlier Tuesday. This is where I kind of see the first corner come off the board. It's not that deep of a cornerback class, but I'm going to go with Rakia Sin, cornerback from Temple. Greedy Williams is my top-rated corner, but the Steelers don't like corners that can't tackle, and that's his biggest flaw. I just don't see a guy like that fitting in. Rakia Sin is probably the most aggressive corner in this class. Like I said, he doesn't float around a ton of boards this high up. I do think he still is a first-round pick, but I think the Steelers will be enamored by his physical traits, his aggressiveness to take him at 20. This will also mean Artie Burns can finally get off the football field. He was taking pick number 25 in 2016. Very, uh, just a bad pick. He's been a guy that just hasn't worked out in Pittsburgh. Um, 
The only other name that makes sense to me in corner, like I said, I do think this is where they go corner just because they're so good up front on both ends of the ball. Uh, Lonnie Johnson is another guy that apparently reports are he's going to be a first-round pick. Now, I don't have it in here specifically, but he's another long physical corner that I could see Pittsburgh just loving. It's been 14 years since a cornerback led the Steelers in interceptions. <laughs> That's a, a very long streak that they'd much like to right. snap. And I actually have them going with Byron Murphy, a guy oh, wow. you actually okay. didn't mention yeah. before, mm-hmm. uh, out of Washington. He's a guy who, you know, they're going to want to play a lot of man. That is just the, the MO for, for the Steelers' secondary. And Murphy played that in Washington. He was much better in the man situations than he was in zone. I don't know if his, uh, you know, catch-up speed is all, all there, but he has... Great awareness, ability to stay with a player as long as he doesn't get beat. And I think uh, if they want somebody who can go up and catch an interception, it's going to be Murphy. Yeah, I like that pick too. I think he is a round one corner. And I think that this bottom third of the draft is where we'll see some of these corners come off the board. Now on to pick 21, the first of the Seattle Seahawks draft picks. Uh, They, of course, traded Frank Clark for the 29th overall pick. Uh, that which was Kansas City's, a future second-round pick next year, and then swapping third-round picks as well. This is where I go Clellan Farrell, uh, edge out of Clemson. Um, and I know they just traded away Frank Clark, but they need to get some youth up front because really their defense has gotten pretty old and they traded away uh, you know, a franchise guy that I, you know, at age 25 had three years of nine-sack seasons. Um, I think that corners are more available further down with pick 29. That's the other position I could see them really going. Farrell has slept on too much as a prospect, and that might be because of how talented uh, Clemson's defensive line is. I know we're saying slept on. I have him pick 21, and you had him picked earlier as well. I think he's a younger version of Frank Clark with much smaller salary uh, desires. He can't negotiate his contract like uh, Clark got paid $105 million, so I've got him going to Seattle. I have them replacing another player they lost this offseason, Earl Thomas. Yeah. Nasir Adderley out of oh, Delaware, nice. the CAA stud that we have seen yes, of course. Uh, over the past few years, being that we at, we're at JMU. Um, player in the Senior Bowl, I think he had a pretty good performance there. Didn't make a ton of flashy plays, but just watching the film, I really liked the, what I saw out of him. I think that is a big hole that the Seahawks are going to want to fill. It doesn't seem, I don't, I can't tell what the Seahawks' plan is right now. They just signed Russell Wilson to this massive extension. Now yeah. they're taking a step back. Maybe they see themselves as a team that, you know, maybe for a year or two, maybe aren't going to compete in that NFC. You know, obviously they have, they have, they're have they in the same division as the Rams. You and know, the 49ers. And the 49ers, the team, 49ers, team that's on the come up. Exactly. I could see them easily taking a step back for a year or two, riding out Wilson, giving a guy like Nasir, who, who playing, you know, against FCS players doesn't have necessarily the experience that you would see out of a Power 5 prospect. Get, let him get used to the speed of the NFL and then come back in full force in a few years. So I'm going to have him go with that early. He'll be a great fit in that defense as well. And, you know, he's a guy that just runs like a chicken with his head cut off. So <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll be great on that back end of the defense. Now on to pick number 22, the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, they lost a ton of guys on defense. And that's where I'm going that they address this pick. This is a guy that has fallen drastically on my boards. Uh, I'm going Rashawn Gary, uh, who you had going uh, sixth overall to the New York Giants out of Michigan. Um... There have been some late rumors that he's slipping a little down boards because of injuries, and, and people care too much about the fact that his stats weren't too great. I don't buy much into that. I think that he was just the, the focal point of other teams' offensive lines that kind of led for guys like Chase Winovich, uh, Devin Bush to get bigger numbers, but he's one of the top pass rushers in this class, and after this team moved on from Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, this is a guy that will be the new face of their front seven. They love to be aggressive up front. And I think they take Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. 
I'm finally getting another offensive player who's not a quarterback off the board in Marquise Brown. Yeah. Uh, for the Ravens, I think this is a team that you know has had used to be really strong in this wide receiver core and it has really just fallen off. I mean, we haven't had a thousand yard receiver and I want to say four years now, um, which is a pretty pretty low streak for them. I mean, obviously with Lamar Jackson, you're not going to probably have a thousand yard receiver, but you need a guy that you can stretch the field with because Lamar can throw the ball. I just don't think that he necessarily had the threats uh, downfield that really would have made that a possibility. I like the pick here with Brown. I think they're going to go pair him up with Lamar to have a young tandem that can be there for years to come. I really like that. I had him in my mock draft one, and I do have him slipping back a little bit just because I had Gary fall Mm -hmm. way too far. Um, On to number 23, the Houston Texans. This is another team, like I said. Protect your damn quarterback. I have them taking Andre Dillard, offensive tackle from Washington State. Uh, We're running the risk of Deshaun Watson and his better years being wasted like we saw with Andrew Luck or we saw Aaron Rodgers miss a few years because of an inability to keep him upright. Dillard was a four-year starter at left tackle, great in pass protection. This is a no-brainer to me. He's the best tackle available behind Jawan Taylor and Jonah Williams, who I both have gone. I think uh, getting Andre Dillard to play tackle for the Texans, terrible offensive line, uh, I think is the right fit here at 23. If you are picking an offensive lineman here, you are wrong. Uh, I'm going with Greg Little. Uh, just because he's my top uh, offensive lineman left on the board uh, coming out of Mississippi, a tackle. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Deshaun Watson had to drive cross-country for a game because he physically couldn't ride a plane uh, because he was hit so often. The most hit quarterback in the NFL. No-brainer. I'm going Greg Little. Yeah, got to get him protection. Number 24, the Oakland Raiders. Their second uh, first-round pick here. I know you went DK Metcalf. I went Quinnen Williams at four. Pick number 24, I've got them taking Josh Jacobs, running back out of Alabama. This is where I get more on offense for them in these next two picks. Marshawn Lynch isn't cutting it for him. They address a big need on defense for me in that first round. John Gruden loves offensive tools that can do multiple things um, in their game, and Jacobs is a back that's strong in run and pass. He's a power runner with good vision, can make defenders miss in open space. I like him to be the running back of the future for uh, Oakland. I love the future of him working with a guy like John Gruden. Seems like a pretty good fit to me. Yep. Uh, you know, he makes plays in the pass game. I'm going to go the same way here, too. Yeah. We actually saw Derek Carr is, is a player who doesn't get talked about it a lot, but plays the dink and dunk game more than any other quarterback in the NFL. I mean, his average yards per pass last year was, I want to say, top low three uh, among qualified quarterbacks. So he's a guy who needs to be able to throw to his running backs, and Marshawn Lynch is just not that type of running back. I mean, we saw it, you know, they tried to do it with some of their guys lower down the depth chart, but they just didn't really have the talent to make it work. I see them going with Josh Jacobs here as well. Definitely. Pick 25, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, two years removed from their Super Bowl championship. I've got them addressing the offense. I've got them going with Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma. The Eagles seem ready to move on from Nelson Aguilar, seem to be the recent reports. They haven't been happy with how he's panned out as a talent. They already have two tight ends that I like. A running back trio that isn't great, and like I said, Josh Jacobs is gone. Uh, they've got Dallas Goddard and Zacherts at tight end. The defense is fine. I would go in the secondary, but with the value here, they can get probably what might be the top wide receiver here. I know a lot of people say DK Metcalf. He's mine, too. Hollywood Brown is not too far behind. He's an explosive wideout when healthy. Uh, extremely dynamic with the ball in his hands. Can work the middle of the field. Get Carson Wentz more weapons. Um, I like this pick. We are on the Eagles at 25. I'm going Jonathan Abram. Uh, you know, this is a team that 
had a lot of injuries in the secondary last year, and Rodney McCloy coming off an injury this year, mm-hmm. going to be a free agent after next season. I'm really, they're really not sure what their future is at the safety position. I think they could go uh, in another direction as well uh, in terms of uh, the secondary in a name who is Juwan Thornhill uh, out of UVA, wow. uh, a player who has been projected to him a couple of uh, right. places I've seen. Um, but I, I think they're going to go safety either way, and Abram seems to be the higher-ranked player, so I, I think that's the safer pick. Yeah. I like that, and, and especially I think that back into the defense. We are going to get Sidney Jones back. You know, I always talk about when, when players have significant ACL injuries, Achilles injuries, it's a two-year injury to me. I think this could be the big year that we see him come back, but I, I wouldn't agree to to, bumper up, to bump up that secondary. Now we're on to my Indianapolis Colts with pick number 26, and like I said, I wanted Jeffrey Simmons so bad to fall <laughs> to the Colts because I, they're a team that just would wait a year not worry about the injury and just put him back out in 2020. I'm going with the guy you just took, Jonathan Abram, safety out of Mississippi State. He's the only safety I have going in the first round. I, I'm not too high on this class. He's my top guy, um, and I think he would be he would form one of the better young safety pairings with Malik Hooker, um, one, a guy that I trust and listen to. I heard Matt Miller of Bleacher Report call this. Potential pairing a young version of Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. If that doesn't get you excited as a Colts fan, I don't know what will. I do believe Chris Ballard will address the trenches, offensive and defensive lines, but I expect with their second-round picks that they have, maybe they go in that direction. The one thing that's similar about Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Houston is they all have big, powerful running backs who love to run up oh, yeah. the middle. Mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence is my guy for the Colts nice. here. Uh, I do think that the defensive front needs a little bit of a push, mm-hmm. um, and Lawrence seems to be the top player ranked right now mm-hmm. who I think is available. Uh, I really liked what we saw out of him throughout the year. Obviously, the suspension was big. Uh, you know, There's definitely going to be some questions over whether that came to affect his play, but I mean, he's a guy who's already weighs in at 300 pounds. He's been a big dude all his life. I really don't believe that uh, necessarily a steroid that he, he tested for. He says it was because yeah. uh, it was by accident. Uh, I, I, don't, I feel like even if he was on the steroid on purpose, did he really need it? Probably not. Uh, and with good coach management, which I think one of the, the Colts have one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL, they can whip a guy like that into shape. Uh, I'm not worried about that. I'm going Lawrence. Interior defensive line is great for them. Uh, you know, They went edge heavy in last year's draft. They brought in Justin Houston in the offseason. I definitely would expect them to do that with this pick or pick, I believe, 36-34 in the second round. Now we're on to Oakland's final pick of the first round. This one is uh, what they got in return for Dallas um, taking uh, when they traded away Amari Cooper. I am taking Noah Fant, tight end out of Iowa. This is, like I said, where I was going on offense with the Oakland Raiders. He's not as aggressive of a blocker as John Gruden might like, which is why I think he might go with an Irv Smith out of Alabama. But Fant, to me, is, is just a better uh, catcher, better receiver. He can be a three-down guy. He just probably needs to bulk up a little. Now... With this draft and with your draft, I, I just want to go through my Raiders offense that I built because I love it. It's Derek Carr, Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, Noah Fant, and Josh Jacobs. They signed Trent Brown on the offensive line. John Gruden, this is going to be like porn for him in 2019. <laughs> so we have your offense. Let's go with mine. Derek Carr, Antonio Brown, DK Metcalf, Josh Jacobs, Noah Fant. I'm going yeah. him as well, and I think they're going to go offense all three. I know wow. that's a really all bold three. move, but we know John Gruden. He loves to be bold. He loves to stand right. out. And, you know, with how much of a disappointment that first season is, I think he needs to make a splash. And mm-hmm. whether or not this works out or not is really not the point. He needs to get people to buy into his plan because right now nobody has bought into the John Gruden plan. He goes offense heavy in this draft. 
gets it three guys who you're going to see on the fantasy boards. Yeah. I think that's something that could really get a lot of people excited in Oakland oh, man. Uh, or Vegas, I guess, in moving Vegas, forward. Yeah. Um, so I'm going Fant as well. I love that offense thing, like you were saying. They did make all their big additions. I know they signed Trent Brown, made him the highest paid offensive lineman, but you know they brought in a safety from the Rams. They brought in a couple linebackers. They brought back Jonathan Hankins. To me, I, I agree they should go offense heavy. Of course, I didn't have them take DK, but I mean... I would love to see that offense on the field. Pick number 28, the Los Angeles Chargers. I have them going with the guy that you just had go to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Like you said, I don't get why his value is so low. He has enough credibility to be one of the earlier first-round picks in that top half. Kind of wasn't highlighted as much like because of the, you know, like we said, you know, when you've got a ton of guys on the defensive line, it's hard to pick out. And, and give credit to one guy. A lot of people love to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that this was more of just a, a deep defensive line. Of course, like we said, you know, there was a point where we were considering all of them as top 10 picks. Uh, to me, this position on the interior def- defensive line is a huge hole for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, and it has been for the last two years. Teams run on them fairly well. Um, and I think that, you know, if you put them in there, uh, I could see them maybe going at linebacker is the other spot. I think they're a little weak there, but I don't think that the value at 28 is as good as you can get maybe in the second or third round. Absolutely. The Chargers have been talked about all offseason as a team that's looking for secondary help, and I still have Creedy Williams on my board, yeah. so I'm going with him uh, for the Chargers out of LSU. He's been uh, one of the better uh, secondary players, if not the top one. I think in terms of raw talent, he's considered the best athlete mm-hmm. uh, to be coming out of there. I, I'm just... I'm not super sold uh, on his pass coverage abilities, uh, you know, reading the, the offenses. He's made a couple of blunders that we have seen where I'm kind of questioning whether or not you can learn that. But I think, you know, Anthony Lynn is an outstanding defensive-minded coach. A guy like him taking Greedy Williams in, I would love to see what that would do. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And you have Greedy Williams going at 28. I got him going at 29 to the Seattle Seahawks with their second uh, first-round pick after trading with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but Greedy Williams, um, like I said, he's my top-rated corner out of LSU. I didn't have him going to Pittsburgh because I don't believe that they are as aggressive uh, in – that they don't really want their corners who can't, atta- can't tackle. Uh, and I almost went for him at 21, but I thought that he would still be available here and that they should go in the front uh, defensive line with that first pick. He's a long corner, premier athleticism, good fit for a secondary that also needs to get younger. They just need to get younger on defense in general. Pairing him, Greedy Williams, and Clellan Farrell uh, in the first round is a good start for me for the Seahawks. With the Seahawks' second pick that they just got, I think, you know, we talked about how they're a team that probably doesn't expect to contend next year. So they're going to take Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle out of Mississippi Love State, it. rehabbing from Love the ACL injury, a guy who would have been much higher uh, had he been healthy. They're going to be able to give him all the time he needs to come back. Like you say, ACL injuries, typically a two-year recovery mm-hmm. process. That's going to fit perfectly with their timeline. I think he fits really well in that system. Yeah, I love that fit as well. And like I said, if he was here, the Seattle Seahawks would love his fit going into 2020. On to pick 30. We're almost at the end of this thing. The Green Bay Packers are back on the board after trading. Uh, after Marcus Davenport was selected by the Saints last year. Uh, of course, New Orleans, I'm sorry, Matt. They don't pick until what? <laughs> We have a second-round pick, second round but pick. we don't okay. get a third or a fourth. So. Jeez, that's rough. See, I'm, I'm going to go with Garrett Bradbury, uh, interior offensive lineman out of North Carolina State. He's my top interior lineman. I guess maybe I would go with Cody Ford, but he's also a fringe guard tackle. Garrett Bradbury can play multiple positions. I think the Packers are average uh, at the guard position. They, I like their tackles. Um, Brian Belaga is getting a little bit older, but I think that Garrett Bradbury is just an aggressive 
uh, interior guy that can really push the line of scrimmages. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the Packers need to keep Aaron Rodgers upright. This is another guy, like I was saying, you've got to protect your quarterback after he has been hurt. You know, the couple, uh, the last two years he's faced injuries, getting him uh, protection, pairing him with a guy that I also had DK Metcalf go there, adding into this offense, giving him stuff to work with. You know, I since I had to move up Garrett Bradbury, who I didn't realize, uh, you know, I needed to move up. I had him at the Packers spot here as well, but now that he's been moved up to the Titans at 19, I'm going Chris Lindstrom out of Boston College, another guard who's arguably the same the same type of player uh, as Bradbury, one of the better uh, guards who not necessarily was a star uh, who we were necessarily talking about entering the season, but kind of came along as the year went on. <laughs> Uh, weighing in a 6'4", 307 pounds, outstanding build. I'm really excited to see what he could do. And obviously protecting, protecting Rodgers has to be uh, your biggest. And also with the emergence of that run game, I think a guy like yeah. him in the middle of that offensive line could be a huge addition. Definitely. you got to get some, uh, you know, they got to get more complex on offense. And you can't do that if you can't uh, provide stuff for the run game in Aaron Jones. You have Lindstrom going at 30. We've got this kind of thing where I'm taking guys one spot later. I have him going to the Los Angeles Rams at pick 31. Um, Lindstrom is one of the highest risers over the last few weeks. He was kind of looked at as an early third-round pick, late second round. But now there's been a lot of chatter he's going to be a round one talent. Um, and this will be huge for an offensive line that uses a lot of inside zone runs. Uh, they don't have a ton of needs, but they are getting older and older on the inside. So I think you patch him up with a guy that is smooth on the field. You could make him the starting right guard day one if you would like. Of course, you can fit him at center as they as uh, as you know their offensive line gets older. Maybe at left guard. Uh, Chris Lindstrom is a guy that I think will be a great fit for Los Angeles. Dominican Sue is gone. Uh, we've heard that there is. It's very unlikely that they're going to be. Uh, rejoining, I think I'm going to go with Jerry Tillery here. I like that. Uh, out of Notre Dame, uh, you know, six foot seven playmaker. He plays inside. He plays outside. Can move all over the field wherever they need him. This isn't a defense that was one of the best in the NFL last year. At times, uh, oh. we did definitely saw them uh, struggle in key games. You know, like obviously that Chiefs Rams game where that was a shootout. The defense. Which I will say, a lot of people ripped the defense in that game, but they did have like four turnovers. Yeah. Uh, so that was oh. that was a big part of it, and a big part of it was the defensive line forcing right. uh, oh, Patrick Mahomes out of the pressure. pocket. He was moving a lot in that game, um, but I think Tillery fits in well uh, for Sue, and you know I'm I'm really excited to see what he would do coming out of Notre Dame. Definitely. So now we're on to pick 32, the defending Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. As much as we like to despise them, of course, Rob Gronkowski retires. They lose Trey Flowers. The Patriots, you always say going into the offseason, they've got a lot of holes, and it's like, oh, how are they going to get this done? But then they get it done. next year they get it done, they'll be in the Super Bowl again. Where do you have the Patriots going at pick 32? Uh, I've gone back and forth, but I think they're going to go defense here. I'm going to go with Jalen Ferguson, the edge rusher out of Louisiana Tech. Um, you know, they, they lost Trey Flowers in free agency, yes. correct? So, you know, that that's a big uh, move here to restock the defensive line. I think... You know, overall, uh, the, the Patriots don't have a ton of holes because they always just have this next man up attitude where, you know, you think, you know, the no-name guy is going to be good no matter if you've never heard of him before, if he's coming over from another team, whatever it is. Um, but I think Ferguson fits in well here uh, and really rounds out this Patriots roster. Yeah, so I, I went kind of a different direction with the Patriots. And what I like to do with them is I like to look at what they've tried to get in the market but weren't able to do so. Last year, they tried to trade for Odell. They tried to trade for Antonio Brown. They even went for Sterling Shepard, 
uh, this past offseason. They brought in a guy like Josh Gordon that didn't work. Now, he did sign his tender, so if he's able to play, he'll be back on the field. But I have them going with A.J. Brown, wide receiver out of Old Miss. Uh, my third and final wide receiver, of course, to be in the first round. Um, they want a versatile wide receiver. It's not in their, I guess, prototype. They like to find guys later on in the draft, and I'm sure if the Patriots got an offer where they could trade back to accumulate more picks, they would. They already have the most picks in this draft. I think they're at 12 at this point. Um, Brown has great hands. He can be used in the slot, outside, and is, is one of the top receivers in this class. Uh, and he's, he's one of the top guys that is, A, a, t- a top wide receiver, and B, a fit in this scheme. I think they finish out going offense, getting uh, Tom Brady another weapon on offense. So... That's our 32-pick draft right Woo! here. That was, that, that was a whirlwind. Quick. Yeah. I, I think, wait, I started the timer. Sore. It's at 48 minutes. Wow. That was right. <laughs> very impressive. So I want to ask you one question before we wrap things up here. If there's one player on your draft board who you wish could have been in the first round but wasn't, who would you Oh, oh my gosh. I came up. He, he's unprepared here. Man. So give him a second. Yeah, I might have to go with, oh, jeez. I'm probably going to have to go in the direction of, of Jerry, uh, Jeremy T- why can't I say his name right? Tillery. What's his first name? Why Jeremy. Right? Jeremy, yeah. 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 Jeremy Tillery. He was a guy... I, Jerry, sorry. It is Jerry. Okay. Yeah. He was a guy that I thought I would put in at Indianapolis at 26, of course, after losing out on some other interior guys. I believe you had him there as well. Mm, I had him go into the Rams. Oh, you had Dexter long. Lawrence going. Yes. Yes, that's correct. So he was a guy that I thought about could fit in because I think interior pressure is going to be a real big emphasis for guys in this draft class. Um, if I'm trying to think about another guy, I love Ryan Finley. I think a team will draft him in the second round. The Patriots could be a team that drafts him at 32. I wouldn't put that past him at this point because they have so many draft picks. Um, those are my two guys. Any guys really stand out for you? I think the, the biggest one for me is DeAndre Baker. Uh, yeah, I never Georgia. Up, oh, uh, man, I didn't yeah. have him in there either. I know. A lot of mocks have him late. Uh, the, the Seahawks seem to be a popular destination for him. The Colts also seem to be matched up a lot yeah. mm-hmm. um, as a team that needs uh, secondary help. He fits zone-heavy teams, so if you can play cover two, uh, but also is really good at stopping the run, so a bit of a versatile player in that sense. Yeah, and I think looking over our drafts, it's interesting to see where it's kind of we got some of our value picks, and a lot of... My value picks ended up being in the teens because I had a lot of quarterbacks go in the top 10. A lot of your value picks, there were some great guys available in the 20s because mm-hmm. you had a lot of quarterbacks go in that middle tier between 10 and, and 15, like we were saying. So it's really interesting to see how the quarterbacks will affect this draft. Of course, trades will affect it as well. Will the Jets trade out? Will the Lions trade out at 8? But, you know, I'm excited. We're, two, or we're a day away. Uh, it's going to be Thursday night. I'm excited. I canceled my plans to see uh, Avengers Endgame. You so did I end up doing it. I wasn't sure doing which it. one you do. I, I didn't realize that those were on the same night, but I gave up uh, the Avengers. They'll have to wait <laughs> for another day. It's all right. It's worth the wait. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Endgame, uh, but we'll save that. We'll save that for Friday yeah, exactly. when uh, everybody else is gone and already seen it. All right. That's going to wrap us up for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I'm Matt Wyrick. This is Blake Pace. You can follow us on Twitter at Matt Wyrick at Blake Andrew Pace. Uh, Blake, any closing remarks for the people? Enjoy the draft. It's going to be a fun time. We'll be back here Friday, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, yeah, exciting times. Thank yeah. you guys for listening. And I'm sure we'll be recapping it as well, of talking about the biggest surprises. There's certainly going to be trades we didn't anticipate, so uh, we'll see what happens. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good one. Take care.